Hey y'all, welcome back to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to create your best life and be your most authentic self. I am your host, Dr. Eve, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me at this time. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to say thank you for checking out the show and I certainly hope you'll come back for more. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I am incredibly honored to be here with the Arnande Altima. Did I say it right, sister? Yes, you did. It was okay. good. Right, right, right on point. I'm doing my best. Look, I'm <laughs> doing my best. It is so, so exciting to have you here. Um, Arnande is the founder of First Generation Rise. Definitely a movement to shaker in the first generation community, somebody who has inspired me. So I am so glad to have you join me on the show today. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I am feeling really good. Really good. This is a, a great day. That's, it, how's the weather up there? Because it's definitely nice down here today. I want to go outside and play. <laughs> the weather is cloudy and windy and not beautiful. But despite <laughs> that, it's still a great day. <laughs> it's still a great day. That's good. That's good. So look, I'm not going to hold everybody up. You are somebody who I want everybody to get to know and get to know well. So if you will, start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what is it that you do? Well, I always like to share that I am a Caribbean girl with lots of passion, energy, and enthusiasm, mm. and just love of identity and embracing identity. So that's who I am in a nutshell. Um, so what do I do? What do I do is I am a mental health advocate. I work in uh, an organization that advocates for proper access to adequate access to treatment as well as um, connecting families and um, those individuals that have mental illnesses or disorders to the right resources. So it's a, it's a new world for me. I am new to this area, but prior to that, I was a staffer for Maryland Senate and we worked on similar issues when it came to substance use, um, health policy, education policy, criminal law, just a gamut. And so it's a nice transition from being on the inside of working on behalf of the as a public servant now on the outside being a public servant. So it, it's fun on, in this area, but it kind of goes into my passion with First Gen Rise, where I work to create this platform for first-generation students, first-generation um, college students um, and graduates and professionals who are trying to navigate the world of professionalism and academics and so it's it's connecting people again and also being a public service in the in the manner of first gen who are unfamiliar with how to have academic success and professional achievement so what actually triggered that exactly and how long have you been doing it um it 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 it, it was triggered i would have to say I un- Let me just go back because I think that I have been doing it for such a long time without knowing I was doing it. Mm. And so, yes. So the first Gen Rise was, was created two years ago. Um, so that would be, I would say, I would think that 2006, um, that's when it was um, created. But prior to that, even while I was in college, I've always th- taught to myself 
to connect my own friends to opportunities that I may have happened on or strategies or people and connect with them so that we can have this awesome first-gen group rising to the top. And so mm-hmm. I didn't really think about that. I was just like, you know, if I'm doing well, I was raised in a family where if I'm doing well, others should be doing well around me. So let me pass on the information. I've always been told by some that I've shared too much, but it's just something that I have grown or was reared to do was to share. So when I went to Georgetown, it was something I did the same way and that I shared with my cohort, all the information that I learned. So it's something that it was happening. But when I went to law school, it was a lot more intentional because there were so many people that were not were like me and we were not advancing in the way we have always advanced, you know? Mm. And so we kind of formed this group together um, without really forming it intentionally. But it just so happened that we were so connected and we had to we had to graduate. And mm. so we, we really did form this group. So that's how it happened. But it, when I made the intentional act was when I began supervising interns and I saw Mm. that they really needed that extra help because they didn't know the questions to ask. They would just ask these general questions but I was like, but you're not asking these other questions and that's those questions are the ones that will help you get to your end goal. Not these other superficial, yes, they teach you to ask them if they're relevant, but these are the life-altering questions that you should be asking and these are the life-altering moves you should be making to get to your next goal. So that's when it really happened when I started to supervise interns and saw that there's that, you know, one-on-one interaction I can make and and decided maybe I should take this on a different scale and and created the blog. Hmm, that's really interesting. Um, And very, very hands-on, which I really like because rather than just saying, I'm just going to dismiss them, they're going to have to figure it out, I did. You were like, no, let's do something about this. That's really dope of you. Thank you. You are so very welcome. So here's a, a thought that I'm having even now. As you talked about working with first-generation students, and you are one, what do you think are the most challenging aspects of navigating life as a first-gen? I think it still goes back to, you know, not knowing what to do. You know, I think, you know, the fact that you don't know what you don't know is always going to be the hardest thing (laughs) in life um, because you just think that you're moving at a pace that um, is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but it may not be. And I think what really happened, what really kind of hit that home again for me was recently when I spoke to high school students and, you know, I presented information, but then I realized that they're not asking certain questions again that, that really should help them, you know, understand the personal statement, understand standardized testing, understand college applications, understand, you know, internships. So for me, it's constantly thinking like I have to think about the questions that I'm not asking and then remind myself to ask the person I'm speaking to what am I not asking because that happened recently when you know I was advocating on behalf of a bill and it didn't turn out to be what I wanted to be so I spoke to my mentor and I said this is what happened maybe I should have did this and that person listened you know was a good listener but then I said to myself but what would you have done what is something that I'm missing, you know? And I think that's what I is, is important is to kind of remind yourself when you're speaking to someone, try to engage them in a conversation that where they can give you input because they might know more. Mm, I love that. So tell me, what was life like for you right after you graduated college? You get your degree, happy, excited, you did this. 
the next week, the next month, what did you have going on? Well, um, I thankfully have a one a mom that was like, "You're not just gonna be sitting in my house for nothing." <laughs> so doing anything at all so she um connected me with she found a program a graduate program so right after college I did enter a graduate program at Georgetown and I was accepted in my final semester at at the university um and so I already knew graduating where I was going to be I was going to be at that graduate program thankfully it was one year um but so for me, it was really trying to figure out what that summer was going to be about and what how I was going to have income. Um, and as you said, I'm a first generation. And so that means that they were not going to just give me money. <laughs> they were going to expect me to still have money, <laughs> and, you know, or find ways to uh, be gainfully employed to, to finance all the things I needed to finance. And they were going to give me shelter. And thankfully, they did that. But um, I started to look for summer camps. You know, I just thought to myself, is there a summer camp that I can teach? And is there, um, you know, a substitute teacher program that I can enroll in? Because, you know, we graduate earlier, but the regular schools are um, not in the sense of regular. I mean, like just your K-12 is still in school. So you can work in that capacity as a substitute teacher while you're waiting for the next thing to come about. Right. And so it was just constantly thinking to myself, you know, how do I participate in a program that can still keep my skills up professionally and then um, find out, you know, what the start date of school was and then take some time off because that was important to be in school refreshed and engaged and ready to learn. So in your first job, and because I'm just thinking about how you've been able to navigate and you've, you've been inquisitive, so you are a curious person. That's what I get from you naturally. In your first job, what do you wish somebody would have told you? Something that you wish you would have known that you didn't and it kind of shocked you a little bit. Oh, this is a great question. So in my first job, well, I think, you know, I think I would have liked someone to tell me that it's okay to make mistakes. I think I I was so nervous about being so on top of things that I I stressed myself out too much and I think that if it was you know if there was some type of um, reassurance that it was okay to have a few mistakes then mm-hmm. I would have been okay with some of the things that have happened um, you know for instance I think um, but really you know because I think there's moments where I you know, might have missed out on an opportunity to have a little bit more fun because I was so worried that, wait a minute, I have to get this paper right. I have to get, you know, make sure that when I'm speaking to a client, it's correct. I need to make sure that I have spoken to all these other parties. And so I wanted to do so much background research that I didn't even have an opportunity to do other things. And so I think for me, I would have liked to have been told that, you know what, just do your best, take your time to do your best. And it's just the first try, you know, Mm. it's not the last stage in the event. It's the first stage. And so I think I would have appreciated better communication with that. (laughs) I love that. I mean, because thinking about like, you don't know what you don't know. You keep saying that you don't know what you don't know. And it's really hard because the thing is that we graduate, we have these degrees, we're very capable, 
and we're capable of doing a number of things, but it's not always so obvious sometimes what we're doing when we walk into the situations. Like, yeah, I can do it, but can I get a little help? <laughs> so somebody exactly. help me out. So, yeah, I felt like that many days, but hey, it's all good. Um, so is, even with that, is. what is the best piece of advice anybody's ever given you? So when I, you know, I have recently had a book release party and I think what I even mentioned in there, because one of my former bosses slash mentor was present and he attended and he's also a church member. So I'm very happy that he was present. Um, he, he, he taught me at the beginning, at the very beginning, when I began this journey of being a licensed practicing attorney was that he taught me that if you don't praise your, yourself, no one else will. And so I had to learn early on that it is important for me to mention the good things or my value or my contributions of myself. And I think at first gen, we're just taught so many times that we have to be prideful. We, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be too prideful. We have to kind of hold back some, don't be pompous, don't be showy. And I think that that's totally unfair not accurate because of the fact that that's how everyone else gets ahead, right? Because Mm -hmm. they have to show that they have a great work product, that they can produce results, that they are valuable asset in that industry, in that business. And if you don't learn that early, you get passed over several times, right? Because they want to know what, in fact, you are providing to them what what makes you so different from the other person and why should you be given something and at the same time when you promote yourself in a more humble and exact way then other people you no longer have to promote yourself because others do it for you at at the end of the day because it spreads very fast after after some time so I think for me what I learned and what I had to you know kind of try to insert some way in letting people know you know I won this case you know I passed this bill I I have an intern that's now this place every intern that I had got a job right after they left my office right so I had to learn how to speak about the different things that I accomplished some way and insert it into the conversation because I don't know who's listening and I don't know who's you know might be speaking upon it again and connecting connecting the dots later on so I think learning how to praise myself and the delivery of it was really good thing to have learned at the beginning of my my start I didn't get that and I think some people too feel beat up because they don't get it at the start but just because you don't get it in the beginning doesn't mean that you won't ever get it right no right exactly but you don't have to be like the praising doesn't even have to be so big right it could be like I landed a job within six months of graduation or I got an interview or it could just be the fact because many people don't get interviews I mean people don't get jobs I just think that even if you think it's small it could be grand in someone else's eyes you don't be you don't dictate what grant what what is the level of grant do this party do that event whatever but I think there's so much into having family and close friends beside you. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, what I would have done or told myself to do is be so much more closer, even though I'm super close to family, but so much more closer to... Tell your younger self about living your best life. I, I would say living my best life because as you get older, you do start to... Um, lose people you know people begin to to pass away and I think that 
sometimes we get bogged down with meeting whatever goals we may have or just like now I want to travel now I want to you know um my family and friends like try to go to a little bit more of the kids parties because they grow up and they become Mm. high school students and you're like wait a minute I used to watch you you know and then it's just like you know a shocker um I think you know you don't want to forget about the people that used to make you smile and used to bring you joy and used Mm. to be there even in your times of not um, having the best day. So I think for me, I would tell my younger self to make sure I'm more present <clears throat> in those moments because once you achieve the things you set out for yourself, you start to think, you know, wait a minute, what have I neglected to also make sure I stayed up with? And so that's what I would tell my younger self. Um, attend the engagement party <laughs> rather than always saying I have to study. Mm. Um, or have to like go to work or something, right? Because I'm just leaving college, which is what your, what your example was. But I just think that it's, it's important to be around those people because their their expiration may be early, and you don't want to not have that opportunity. I absolutely love that. So, has there been a time when you faced adversity, and if so, how did you overcome it? So this is a, I'm giving y'all a sneak peek into my book. I'm an author as well. I don't know why I didn't mention all this in the beginning, but um, I'm an author. So and I wrote my first book called The Rise of a First Gen. And um, in the book, what was also a question during my book release party was that what astonished me was that um, I was asked about the time that I almost withdrew from law school. <clears throat> and it was a very pivotal part in my life because to be honest, the first year of law school, we didn't actually didn't tell my family and I didn't tell anybody about me being a, a law student. <laughs> so no one in my family knew I was in law school except my parents and my brother. <laughs> and so, you know, we didn't want them to know in case something happened, you mm. know, in case it was it was so rigorous because we've heard so many horror stories. And, you know, I was going to be out of, away from school. And so I didn't, with, you know, I didn't withdraw, you know, I was, it was my choice. They weren't going to kick me out or anything, but it was just because it was so exhausting. It took, it took me away from myself where I had been so used to performing well in school to then now to be a top performer in school to then be, you know, the middle person in school. And so it was just an awakening for me. And I had, and the thing at that that point where I was going to decide to withdraw from school was when I got an, a, a, an internship to work in the White House, and then I also got another opportunity to work for a federal judge. And even then, I still felt like law school wasn't for me because I was not a top performer. And so I had to battle with my own imposter syndrome issues, and then as well as think about. Am I going to continue this just because I want to tell my parents and my extended family that I graduated law school? Is this where I really want to go? Who am I going to disappoint? Why am I going to? Why do I feel I'm disappointing them? Who who do I need to make happy in the end? And so I, you know, called a family meeting and we had to, and I shared this with my parents and brother. Like I really don't feel like I can go on, and thankfully they reminded me of all these opportunities that I mentioned with the White House and federal judge. Like, what do you mean you can't go on? You know, someone already has dictated that they expect you to be someplace. Like, you have to go on. 
And so it it was a great decision I made in the end to stay in law school because it it has opened up so many doors for me and, and allowed me to realize that even in those times where I don't feel like I'm capable and talented, there's other examples within my my life's journey that shows me I'm capable and talented and belong in that situation. And that I'm just going to have to learn how to keep going forward. Mm, I absolutely love that. I like that, that you've been affirmed through that. And a lot of times it takes experience to be affirmed, especially when you come from a place where not making it is normal. You know, everything not mm-hmm. being okay is the norm. But to hear that is very affirming. And so to those who are listening, like I would say, take that to heart. Like, you know, be affirmed by making it. That's dope. So what's next for you? Well, what is next? Uh, collaborations. Hopefully I can collaborate with you. Oh, yeah. Um, Dr. E. Um, and so that will be wonderful if I could collaborate with you. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking about uh, holding maybe a, a workshop or, or doing some other uh, monthly things through my subscribers um, and, and getting them more engaged. I'm, I'm sure they get tired of hearing from me now, but <laughs> I, I know that they um, have gotten a few inquiries into kind of holding workshops and um, who knows, maybe I'll hold a course or something like that. Um, but my biggest dream would be to have a summit. That would be wonderful. A first-gen summit would oh, be... that would be dope. Mm-hmm. That's somewhere down in the future. Still working out the kinks for that one. But a first-gen summit would be awesome, whether it be online or in person. But definitely, you know, what you're doing here now, which is gathering all these first-gen stories and having it for other people to listen and be inspired by. And, you know, I'm always inspired by your story, especially when we first did our um, webinar with, you know, what it's like to the pros and cons of picking a, a college or university that's close to home or near. And I think that there, we had similar um, selections and our our journeys with that is, are similar. So I think there's something to be said about having a first-gen summit where everybody would be like, that's me too. That happened to me. Oh my goodness. You did it. You had it. Oh, so it's just like, I think it's, it's, it's nice something nice to have so I'm, I'm I'm still figuring out how that would work it'll work out you you got this I know you will I've seen you put together some amazing things so no doubt about it but I love that vision because we do need to come together and say I got your back um so mm-hmm. hey keep striving so as we're wrapping up the question I have for you now is what is the one thing that you want listeners to walk away with today um uh, you know I think so when I said about um, spending time with your family and making it's okay to make mistakes, it's you know reaching out to people to learn what what um, what you don't know. I think it's okay. What I like, what the purpose of the blog, what the purpose of the book, and what I want the listeners to leave um, with today is being you. And because through all of that, you are going to be you. And and I think it's something to, you know, if you have a certain identity um, that you want the world to embrace, then you need to embrace it yourself. And I because and it starts there. It starts at that moment when you recognize, okay, I'm a first gen. So I, I can ask questions 
or ask people to, to offer up answers because I don't know, you know, and just at the same time, you know, really feel right with yourself that whatever identity you pick is okay to have. And that's what I want people to know, like love you, be you, cherish you, admire you, whatever else you want to say in front of that you thing. I think identity is strong moving forward. I definitely agree with you on that. So we're in the social media space, internet space. Can we find you? Well, I am on Facebook at um, www.facebook.com, I guess, and slash first and rise. So same hashtag or same, um, I guess it's called hashtag. I forget what it is, but at first and rise can be found on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. I have YouTube videos as well. And so that is where you can find me. And also my blog directly is www.firstgenrise.com. So first spelled out G-N-R-I-S-E.com, First Gen Rise. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we'll be sure to include the information in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Ernandi, I did it right. Did I do it right? Ernandi. Yeah. Ernandi. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm going to make it my life's goal to get your name right. Because I know how it feels when people do not say it correctly. Ah, I did it. I did it again. Now. Okay. But look, I am definitely thrilled that you've been on the show today. You definitely dropped some knowledge, shared some wisdom that we all need to hear. And I want to continue to wish you well in all that you do going ahead. Um, The world is big and you are making moves. So keep making them. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm so excited to to continue to follow you and see how you evolve your ability to reach so many people. and, And whether it be guests on your show or the audience is phenomenal. So thank thank you, you, Dr. Eve Hudson. Oh, thank you. You're so very welcome. Well, um, until the next time, we'll chat soon. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Before you go, just a few things to note. Uh, First and foremost, let's get connected on Instagram and or LinkedIn. You can find me at E-V-E-H-U-D-S-O-N-P-H-D on both social networks don't forget to head over to check out my site at www.evehudsonphd.com and if you should decide to purchase a book or apparel just for listening to this podcast you get 10% off of your order just use the code podcast when you check out last but certainly not the least in all that you do remember to be resilient authentic and intentional i'm out